Go. All right. Hey, Husky fans. Welcome back to Fourth and Inches of Husky Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm Trevor. Uh, and today we're going to be previewing the South. Uh, this, this week, there's going to be a lot more disagreements because the field is, kind of feels so wide open. So with that, we're going to go through them first. Then we're each going to rank them. Then we're going to argue, and it's probably going to end in a jersey bet. So, uh, Jake, you ready to go? Absolutely. Okay. So the first team that we're going to talk about, the first teams we're going to talk about are from the state of California. Uh, and we'll start with USC. Um, first, before we get into anything else, they lose Sam Darnold and Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones decided to leave school early to go to the NFL. That leaves a very uncertain quarterback room. JT Daniels should be a high school senior. Is probably going to end up being your starter. Uh, with In the quarterback competition, you have Matt Fink, who's a 6'3 sophomore, and Jack Sears, who is also a 6'3 uh, redshirt freshman. What are your thoughts on the quarterback room at SC, Jake? Um, I think that JT, JT Daniels is probably going to walk away with this starting job. Um, he'll because be he's first. good enough? Do you think it's because he's good enough, or do you think it's because he's just the most talented guy? No, because I think it's the Matt Barkley syndrome, where he comes into USC being the, the number one rated quarterback in the nation. He's They promised him the world and he took it and i think that they're kind of handcuffed to him at this point okay where how how good was uh matt fink coming out of high school was he probably was he a five-star guy as well i don't know yeah okay uh what they have coming back at running back is stephen carr he got quite he got some run last year 363 yards and three touchdowns um we'll see if he's what Ronald Jones was. Ronald Jones was a really good back for him. Um, It seems like uh, running backs are always coming out of SC. So he's probably going to do all right. He's probably going to rack the numbers up at least wide receiver. They have Tyler Vons coming back. He had 57 receptions for 809 yards, five touchdowns. And the one who's projected to be across from his freshman Amon Ra Brown. How about uh, wide receiver Michael Pittman, uh, big body receiver, six foot four inches tall, sophomore. Yep, got him here. Yep, two hundred and twenty pounds. That's an NFL body. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Amonra was JT Daniels' high school teammate. That I'm gonna have to take your word on. I, I think they won the national championship together. Um, I guess, dude is legit at the wide receiver spot um the best thing that jt daniels has going for him if he does get that starting job is the amount of talent around him he has an offensive line that's going to keep him upright he's got i mean yeah he loses his starting running back from last year but like you said usc always has running backs that come in and are nfl talent players um and the wide receiving core is probably the best in the Pac-12. They're definitely got the most stars behind their name. Speaking of the O-line, last year they had some issues staying healthy. 
they uh, lost a lot of guys. There was some back injuries. There were some knee injuries. Their strength coach is actually former UW strength coach Ivan Lewis. Some people from the Husky Nation are not huge fans of him. I don't know enough about strength and conditioning to give you any sort of insight <laughs> other than that. Fair enough. A bunch of two dudes talking that both got dad bods. <laughs> but we both are dads, so it's okay. We can have the bod. Yeah. Like, we're not out here at, like, 18 years old with dad bods. I mean, we have a legitimate excuse. When we were 18, we had okay bonds. <laughs> like mediocre at best. Yeah. All right. So the defensive side, they bring back quite a few. They bring back their leading tackle in, inside linebacker Cameron Smith, 112 tackles. He also led the team with 10 and a half tackles for loss. They bring back their top sack getter in defensive tackle Christian Rector who had seven and a half sacks and then they had two guys on the team with three with Marbell Tell and Andre Harris 2016 they gave up 24 points a game 2017 26 points a game uh, not a huge difference so my assumption is they're going to probably be right around that mid 20s 25 points a game this year yeah, and they usually have a pretty fast defense. Um, I know that they lost that D end um, that got drafted by the Seahawks. Rashim Green. Yes. Yeah, but uh, like you said, they're returning a lot of their best players, and they're gonna they're gonna have ball skills. They're gonna be fast, but they're also gonna be a little young too. So we'll see how they cope with you know, the transition of, of another year. Would you agree that they're going to be as good as JT Daniels is? Um, uh, that's, a, that's a tough question because I think USC usually has enough talent around them to carry mediocre quarterback play. Um, but I guess the, the, the short answer is yes, because – if JT Daniels sucks, so will USC. That's what I see. I see if you if JT Daniels comes in and is a quality Pac-12 quarterback, just based on talent alone, they probably win the South. But if he comes in looking like a high school senior, they're going to. I think they could finish anywhere to third place in the South. Absolutely. So I guess we'll see. We'll get to that later, huh? Yeah. All right, the other team is the Powder Blue UCLA Bruins. They lose quite a few guys on offense. Uh, most notably, of course, they lose Josh Rosen, tennis star. Tennis star. <laughs> and Jordan Lindsay, who was uh, his go-to receiver who racked up uh, 1,200 yards on the season last year. On the defense, they also lose Kenny Young with 110 tackles. So they're going to be unproven with new head coach Chip Kelly, whose house I have seen before. Fancy. It was big. It was <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it was fast, too. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was cool. 
Okay, so what they have coming back, of course, is Devon Monster. Husky fans, if you were still watching the game, Devon Monster played against the Huskies for about a quarter and a half after Josh Rosen decided his hand hurt too much. <laughs> um, not, He didn't play a lot. 671 yards, four touchdowns. He's in a quarterback competition with Dorian Thomas Robinson, a 6'2", 200-pound guy. And some people might remember the name Wilton Spate. He came from what school, Jake? Michigan. My man. Go Big Blue. That's right. Thoughts on the QB battle at UCLA? Um, I'm, I'm going to say it again. Two in a row. I think a true freshman comes in and wins this job. Uh, Chip Kelly. It's Chip Kelly's guy. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Um, Chip Kelly wants to come in with his guys, and he wants to win right away. And I think that he's going to come in a lot like Peterson did um, and bring his quarterback in and, and mold him at a young age, and get him to be what he wants for the future. Yeah, Silent uh, Miles was really good. What's that? Siler Miles was really good. And I, I did love Siler Miles, um, but, you know, with uh, Peterson, what he did with Browning, start him as a true freshman. Yeah. I, I, I think Chip Kelly's going to do the same thing. He wants his guys. I mean, you can look at, UCLA's history under the Mora regime and other than quarterback, you're not super duper impressed with what they're putting out. So, you know, he might be able to rehab some of those four and five star guys careers where Mora failed to. Yeah. Puked all over himself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he walked into a job where he basically has the next best players that don't go to USC and he was about a 500 coach. That's, that's embarrassing. Uh, yeah. And I think even with uh, Chip Kelly, not even getting his guys in yet, I think he can win with the guys that he has now. I think Chip Kelly is that good of a coach. I don't necessarily believe the, um, the mark that people put on Chip Kelly, that he's a system coach. I think he's just a really smart football coach. I think he knows how to win. He knew how to win in Oregon with lesser talent. He went after speed, and he sped the game up, and he got the other teams tired. Now that he has four- and five-star guys, I think he might change the way that he coaches to accommodate their talent in a better way. Yeah, and you could be right. They – all these guys on paper were big-time high school players football players yes um at this level they've for the most part that defense was the worst in the league last year we're one of the worst in college football when it comes to rush defense jake browning threw the ball like 11 times against them yeah because we just pounded the rock um they they could be better i think this team is is an absolute crapshoot on where they're going to end up finishing i know that People had him at Pac-12 Media Day all over, including one guy from Oregon who ended up saying they were going to win the South. Well, for, I, I think for them to do that, they, the biggest question mark I have is what can Chip Kelly do with that defense? Last year, they gave up 36.8 
points a game. That is atrocious. Right. Uh, can Ch- Kelly turn that around? I don't know. Does he need to? I don't know. Can right. he score enough points to just throw some guys out there and say, try to stop the ball when you can? Maybe let him score fast enough that we can get our offense back on the field? I don't know. Last thing I'm going to say about the coaches is thank goodness that Jim Mora decided not to come to Washington after Sark left. Yeah. So the running backs, he's got a stable of guys coming back. I've been practicing this name. Let's see if I can get it. Bulu Olaferami. I did not do a good job of that. That's okay. He did better than I would have. This is a podcast of grace. Yeah. All right. So. 565 yards on the ground, five touchdowns. We got Soso Jamabo. I got that one right. I like, hey, I like Soso. Uh huh. He's Soso. 446 run, uh, yards, six touchdowns, and then Brandon Stevens, 182 yards and one touch. They bring back, they lose their two top receivers from last year. They bring back Theo Howard and Dimitric Felton. And then the new the O line is new, so I guess we're gonna see. You can have a lot of four and five star guys, but if your offensive line is suspect or doesn't gel, you're gonna be in a lot of trouble in this league, especially in the South with teams like Utah. You got Washington on the schedule with another great defensive line, and then of course USC. Yeah, you know, and, and like you keep saying, they have a lot of four and five star guys. That doesn't necessarily translate to wins. Um, it's it's it four and five stars it's cute you know it's good for the fans you know right when ucla and usc win every preseason when they get more five-star signees than everybody else that hasn't necessarily translated to anything greater than a, you know seven wins for ucla especially yeah and what scares you about UCLA is you, you can think of them kind of as one of those sleeping giants that if they get a good coach, they're going to be in, uh, they're going to be trouble. They're one of three teams in the PAC 12 that have winning records against Washington. Yeah. It's uh it was kind of best case scenario for UCLA when Chip Kelly got out of the NFL and decided he wanted to come back to college. He pretty yeah. much waited out the perfect situation. Yeah, I know that Tennessee was after him. I thought there was another SEC school that wanted him. I think it was Arkansas. Okay. But, you know, he ended up getting a job in Southern California where he can pick who he wants. If you're a recruit, who do you want to go play for, Clay Helton or, or Chip Kelly? Well, I think it's funny that you say that because I, I was just about to say I, I see a transfer and tied – over the next five years of UCLA becoming the powerhouse of those two California schools again. Um, I don't see USC falling off the face of the earth, but I see UCLA with Chip Kelly getting better and possibly and probably taking over as the best Southern California school. Dare we call it the powder blue wave? No, we don't. so their defense was bad um we can go into stats but they were terrible 
Yeah, they sucked. 2016, they were 27 and a half points, which you can deal with. They still were, they were four and eight. And then last year they were, you know, 36 and historically one of the worst rushing defenses ever. So I guess nowhere to go for, but up from there, huh? Yeah, I what did I, I? I can't remember how many throws Browning had against them. I think it was like eleven. It was eleven. Yeah, last year it, 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 he didn't need to throw. Just just hand the ball off and watch Gaskins just gash them over and over and over. And I think I think it's going to be the same this year. I agree. They have ooh, they play at Oklahoma on September eighth. That could be bad. Is that going to be two starting fresh, true freshmen going at each other? Possibly. But the good thing for both teams is none of the other teams play defense. So <laughs> It's going to be 102 to 107. <laughs> UCLA is a traditional basketball power, and, of course, Oklahoma <laughs> plays yeah. the Big 12. Bill Walton's going to come back and play football for UCLA. <laughs> yeah, you might forget at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> so – Let's see here. Let's move on to the Arizona schools. First up, we have Arizona and their offense returns. It doesn't matter who is coming back as long as Khalil Tate is coming back. Yeah. Khalil Tate, man, he was good. He, he is special. He is – I. Uh, I'm going to call my shot right now. I was going to wait until we handed out – um, our rankings, but I'm afraid that you are going to beat me to it. Khalil Tate is going to win the Heisman this year. That would be awesome, especially going- because he can put those video game numbers up and it does not affect the University of Washington. No, he's going to run and throw for 2,000 yards for both categories. Yeah, but some SEC guy is going to win it. No, I don't think so. I think I think Khalil Tate's going to come out, and I think he's his, his numbers are going to be so good that they have to give it to him. It's like the Mariota. You know, Mariota, he was a West Coast guy, but his numbers were so good that they had to give it to him. And I think Khalil Tate's going to come out and set the world on fire and do the same thing. Yep, then that was tongue-in-cheek a little bit. His coming out party is going to be September uh, 29th at home against USC. He, uh, if he, if he, shows out in that game there's going to be major hype around this guy he was the leading thrower on the team and the leading uh, rusher on the team he had 1591 yards through the air 14 touchdowns and nine picks and then he had another uh, 1411 yards with another 12 touchdowns on the ground so the dude does everything he's a video game yeah so he he's about 400 yards away from getting to 2,000 throwing yards. And he's about 600 rushing yards away from getting 2,000 rushing yards. And if you progress, And he didn't at all, start all the games. No. If he progresses at all, he'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. They also bring back J.J. Taylor, who's a dude that can run the ball. Uh, 847 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, I just – if I, if – if I were Kevin Sumlin, I'd just call the option all the time and just tell Tate just to fake pitch it and just keep it and go. Bye-bye. RPO, RPO, RPO. Yeah, all day long. You might as well with some of the D- – I mean, he, he'll probably put up 2,000 rushing yards against UCLA. Yeah. 
Okay, so on uh, outside, they bring back their two leading receivers from last year, Tony Ellison with 598 yards, five touchdowns, and Sean Brown, 573 yards and six touchdowns. Um, their offensive line, they lost three starters, but they gained two guys with experience. So if their offensive line is serviceable, they're going to be great. So what I'm worried about is outside of those four or three or four years of football with Johnny Manziel, uh, Kevin Sumlin's offenses were notoriously boring. Um, they didn't do a lot of different things. They, it was a traditional style offense. Um, can he show some flair with the players that he has? Can he get creative with Tate? And, and those outside weapons and that running back. It's, it'll be interesting to see. The thing about Tate, though, you can just say, go make a play, and you look creative. Sure. So, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure this team's going to look a lot more like your Manziel teams than the vanilla teams that I don't, I don't remember. Well, and I think that's probably what Sumlin did with Manziel in the first place. Is, hey, man, you're, an athlete, you're a freak athlete. Go make a play, do your thing, and I I think you're right. I think that that kind of will be the 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 calls with Tate too. Is go just go out there and play football, right? Defense, defense. Last year, uh, 2016, they gave up 38 points. Uh, 2017, 34 points. So they're not a great defense but they have a spectacular offense. So they're one of those teams that's going to try to outscore you every game. They do. Tony Fields, their weak side linebacker, had 104 tackles last year. Kylan Wilborn, which they called the stud position, which I'm guessing is like the buck, seven and a half sacks. And then Lorenzo Burns, one of their corners, had five picks. And what's good about that is both their leading tackler and their leading interception guys were both true freshmen. Uh, so they have three more years of those guys. I don't want to call it early, but I have a feeling that you really like Arizona. <laughs> I have a feeling that we need to move on before you spoil <laughs> it for me. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to Arizona State. Uh, Herm, Herm, coach, coach, coach Herm. He plays to win the game, and he's got a great Hello. defense. <laughs> Hello, you know I don't know how good Herm is going to be. I bet you he ends up being better than some people think that he's going to do. He's I, I he's disagree. like a, a sage man. I love I, listening to him. I do too, but I disagree. I I absolutely think he's going to struggle coming back to college if he's going to struggle it's not going to be this year i think arizona state's going to be better i don't think they're going to be i don't think they're going to win they're going to go to a bowl just because their offense is so good oh my gosh we are in such different pages oh well my page is right, so <laughs> it's on the com- it's on the computer. So in, the, in, in that case, I'll just throw mine away. Okay, good. So Manny Wilkins seems like he's been at Arizona State for 17 years. 
3,270 yards through the air, 20 touchdowns and eight picks. Pretty good stats. Uh, he's been he's been consistent. He doesn't throw the ball away. He doesn't throw the ball to the wrong team that often. Um, it helps when you have the two best receivers in the in one the best receiver in the country and two of the best in the Pac-12. Nikhil Harry, of course, we really tried there at the end when he was in high school to get him to flip with Byron Murphy, but he decided to stay in Arizona. He had 1,142 yards and eight touchdowns, 763 for Kyle Williams and seven touchdowns. Thoughts on your quarterback-receiver combination? Uh, the only thoughts I have about them is that they just crushed UW last year. Uh, Manny Wilkins, 245 yards in the air. Um, and Enkiel, nine catches for 80 yards. That's not a huge, huge day, but that's a lot of catches and a lot of yards put up against that secondary who that doesn't allow that many passing yards on them. Um, you're right. The guy doesn't turn over the ball a lot. Um, he should have had one more pick, though. This really burns my muffins, dude. I know exactly where you're going. Go ahead. Right between JoJo's hands, I, right I, to Nikhil Harry to freaking lose the game. Well, he overthrew his re- intended receiver, and then it went through our corner's hands to a guy that accidentally was there. He was interviewed by Softy and said he didn't even see the ball till it was almost to him. Yeah, I, it just – that play – I'll remember that play forever. Yeah, and, and then Jordan Miller gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, right. That, cool. Just to throw salt on a little wound there. Right. So, they also – they lose their running backs, Kalen Balage and Demario Richards. I thought that was going to be a big deal until I heard an ASU reporter talking about how a lot of fans were happy to see those guys go. And they're excited about this new guy, Enno Benjamin. So we'll see if that's just crowd talk about some unproven guys or if they're legitimate. I thought uh, Kalen Balage, from what they're saying, is probably going to be a better pro than he was a college running back. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I, uh, you know, I kind of want to go back to what you said earlier about Arizona State being a uh, bowl team this year. And I kind of just wanted to look at their schedule with you real quick. Yeah. Uh, schedule in the Pac-12, they're playing at Washington, at Oregon, at USC, and Arizona. They have, I think, all of those are losses. They have home games against Stanford and Michigan State. I think both of those are losses. So right there – we're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six losses. And those are all games that they're supposed to lose. Now, are they going to drop another one or two that they're not supposed to lose? Chances are yes. Yes, this is a tough schedule. and it's a, I think it's the hardest schedule in the Pac-12. I mean, they – who do they miss? They got Stanford on their schedule. Yep. They got Washington. Those are the ones you don't want. They got Oregon on their schedule. They got Oregon State. So they're missing Washington State. 
and Cal. Cal. Yeah. Sure. So, so I mean, that Washington, have... missing Washington State sucks because that that could be a win for you. Yeah. And it's, instead, you play. They play Utah. Yeah. Probably another loss. It's at home. It's. I think Utah's better than them. I do too. But so, that, that I, that's a game you circle. Yeah, I mean they're gonna. I think they're gonna be right around five to six wins. Yeah. It it depends. I don't know anything about San Diego State other than they beat Stanford last year and they've been, they're traditionally pretty good. So I, that's a tough one. I think they played Arizona State last year too, didn't they? San Diego State. Yeah, and they uh, San Diego State beat them by ten. Yeah. So, you know, and I mean that's hard to say that San Diego State's going to come out there and beat another Pac-12 school two years in a row. But um, yeah, but it's at San Diego State. Yeah, and just looking at their schedule, I mean that's a lot of hard road games that are, yeah. I guess, a lot of physical teams. Yeah, you're not wrong. You know, Michigan State is known for having a nasty, brutal defense. And sure, they're coming to Arizona State, but they're going that's a defense that Arizona State's not used to seeing. And and Michigan State swarms the ball and hits hard. So I'd be interested to see how that game's gonna go for them. And the O line is shaky, so that's that's another component. You you know uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with five and six and hope for a miracle. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. So their defense lost a lot um, on a defense that wasn't necessarily great. So if they're bringing in guys that are better than the ones who left, that's great. Their leading tackler is Chase Lucas, who's a corner with 59 tackles and two picks. He also led the team. He's the team leader in picks that's coming back next year. Then they got Karan Crump. He had one of his big sacks against Washington, didn't he? I think so. He had four sacks. So my my title for them is they're new and young and they could be good. Um, yeah, and and like we said before, I think it I think the biggest question mark is uh, how does how do the players react to Coach Herm? Um, do they do they remember coach Herm? you know these are they do not you know these are 18 year old kids who who the heck is Herm Edwards you know um does he come in and does he demand respect and does he get it and does he bring does he get the most out of those players you play to win the game you play to win the game hello so let's move on to the northernmost school in the south, and of course that is your Colorado Buffaloes. They lose Phil Lindsay, who was a very productive college running back. 1,500 yards, uh, 1,474 on the ground, 14 touchdowns on a really mediocre team. Um, Some of the things that I've heard about Colorado last year is Concerning, I guess you would say. When your starting quarterback isn't voted a captain, you have an issue. Yeah. His team, Steven Montez's team, decided to not have him be a captain. And, and from what I've heard, he's a 
he's in a fraternity instead of living with the football guys. Uh, that that doesn't sound like leadership to me. That sounds like maybe he's thinking about his future, getting in a fraternity where he can make some connections for the next step in his life. At some points in his freshman year, he looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And then his sophomore year, he gets in and at some points really struggled. Yeah, I I, I kind of see Montez as a liability on and off the field. Um, like you said, he, he's in the fraternity. Uh, doesn't seem like his mind's always on football, which in college you kind of want your players to be. Um, but on the field, he seems to start scrambling around real quick and doesn't keep his eyes downfield. And that's going to lead to a lot of big hits and a lot of interceptions. Um, let's see if uh, Mike McIntyre can kind of reel him in this year a little bit. So just for a point of reference, Steven Montez gained 586 yards, lost 248 yards with a net total of positive 338 yards. Yeah. Khalil Tate lost 119 yards. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's yeah. a lot of yards that you're giving away for free. Absolutely. And I and I think a lot of that is due to him not looking downfield to see what's there instead of focusing on how do I get away from this guy that's directly in front of me. So here's here's a point of reference as well. Washington fans got really frustrated with with Jake Browning running around, uh, taking sacks when people thought he should have gotten rid of the ball. He only lost 172 yards. Yeah. Do you imagine being in Boulder and pulling all of your hair out as he's losing that many yards on the ground? That's ridiculous. Well, I remember watching UW play against him, and it just seemed like it was open house in that backfield all day long. Right. For running backs, they have a senior, Trayvon McMillan, and then a uh, – and then Bo Bichart. So, uh, don't have much – so, I don't have any stats on Trayvon McMillan. However, Bo Bichart had 61 yards with no touchdowns. Um, I mean, I wish I had his name. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, one of them is a little, uh, little speedy receiver. He's only about five foot eight, but uh, I know he's, I know he's quick and he's elusive. He's kind of like a. Um, oh, Kyle Evans, five seven, one seventy five. Yeah, he's a little guy. He's kind of like a uh, Tyreek Hill kind of a guy where you can run some sweeps with him and, and maybe some screens, get him out in the open, and let his play playmaking abilities take over. Um, that's pretty much their only offensive threats. Yeah. So that 2016 year when when they met Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, you know, Sefo Lufau running the offense, and they had those really good receivers. I'll, I'll always remember that one-handed catch Bryce Bobo had in the end zone to beat Oregon to really – that was really their coming out game, even though Oregon ended up having a pretty disastrous year. 
a lot of guys in 2017, a lot of fans and a lot of writers were not happy with the way that the wide receivers carried themselves. Those two seniors, uh, Bryce Bobo, Shea Fields, 03, and Devin Ross. Uh, the word diva was thrown around. They kind of, the fan base saw them as kind of entitled. So they're excited to see the new group led by uh, son Jay McIntyre. So uh, I guess we'll see. Jay's more of a slot guy, so they're going to have to find some new guys to be on the outside. Looks like they got a couple of seniors coming in. So I guess we'll see what they have. And then their offensive line lost a lot. Three starters and then uh, another guy who played a lot of snaps are all gone. So that could spell trouble. You know, I really think – I think Mike McIntyre is kind of on the hot seat, even though he won the South a couple of years ago. Um, they had an atrocious year last year. And um, for them to be any sort of relevant this year in the Pac-12, their offense is going to need to score a lot of points to hide that, that defense. Um, and with the players that you're rattling off, I just – with Montez leading that group, I just don't see them scoring enough points to to hide that defense. I think that I was – as you were talking about that, I was wondering, of all the coaches in the Pac-12, who has the hottest seat? And I can't think of anybody really that's on any sort of temperature of a seat other than Mike McIntyre. Well, I think the only people that were on – a hot seat previous to this year are all gone and yeah. have been replaced. So the only yeah. person left is Mike McIntyre. Um, and I just don't, I, I have a hard time seeing him make it past this year. I do too. You never, you never root for somebody to lose their job, but it's really hard when you see the decline of a team to, really point the finger to anybody other than the guy who's bringing in the players. Yeah. So they bring back Drew Lewis, a linebacker. He had 94 tackles, uh, two sacks. He's the returning team leader. The team leader they lost was Leo Jackson with three and a half. So they didn't pressure the quarterback a whole lot last year, which probably led to their five and seven season. Even Worthington, Evan Worthington, three, (laughs) three picks. Um, 2016, they gave up 22 and won the Pac-12 South. 2017, they gave up 28. Uh, they could be better. They could be worse. I'm, I don't, I can't make a definitive call. I just don't think they're going to be very good. Yeah, I just don't see their defense progressing this year. I mean, they were, their run defense was 107th out of 130 teams possible. But they weren't the worst in the Pac-12 South. Who was? Utah, uh, UCLA. Uh, well, okay, yeah. Well, I it, they, it, 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 that doesn't make them great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just because you're a better run defense than UCLA doesn't mean that you were the dudes. Like they still sucked. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. you. Know, I I still think they are going to suck on defense this year, um, and which is why I think that offense needs to score 35 points a game, which they won't. Which they won't. Now. The last team, the most confusing team, they'll look like a top five team one week and they'll look like 
a middle of the road Pac-12 team the next week. Let me guess. They were seven and six last year. They could have been a lot better. Uh, you would that would be your Utah Utes. The Utes. So they're they have I guess what you'd call the poor man's Khalil Tate and Tyler Huntley. Probably a little bit better of a passer, um, but overall. Uh, 10 times out of 10, you're taking Khalil Tate over Tyler Huntley. But I think Tyler Huntley is a top four or five quarterback in the league. Well, that's funny that you say that. I was just going to say Tyler Huntley is the second best dual threat quarterback in the Pac-12. Dual threat, you're correct. Uh, There's there's no question about that. And and it's just just because Khalil Tate's so good. Yeah. Tyler Huntley had – three games last year where he threw for over 300 yards. That's not a slouch. No. And he missed some games due to injury. He's going to either have to learn how to get out of bounds or he's got to get a little bit bigger. Uh, last year he was just a freshman. So there's, there's room to get better. Uh, I hate the fact that UW is playing them at home. Yeah. They, every game with Utah is, is close. Struggle and and last year the MVP went to Kyle Whittingham for that timeout. Yep, and we appreciate it. We got out of there with a win. Our kicker got his moment of fame, and he's moving on to the business world or something. And, and then he missed every kick after that for the rest. We, of the we year. wish him nothing but the best. <laughs> Just don't go kicking anymore. Yeah, he and that's okay. Yeah. Okay, so. Tyler Huntley, 2,411 yards in the air, 15 on the ground, uh, 15 touchdowns, 10 picks. He's got to lower that. He had one against Washington? Yes. He had at least one. I can remember it in my head. And then he had 573 yards on the ground and six touchdowns. Right. Khalil Tate. Yeah. Zach Moss is their running back. He, had, he went over 1,000 yards last year with 10 touchdowns. Their running backs, uh, their wide receivers, I'm sorry, they lose their top two. Uh, Darren Carrington, happy trails, man. Uh, I thought it was kind of a shady move for Utah to go pick up a guy who was just kicked out of another Pac-12 school for, I think, a second DUI. Uh, I, I, I think that's in bad taste. Yeah, well, I guess when you're Utah and you can't get the recruits and I, I, I have a hard time saying this, but you can't get the recruits that the UWs and the USCs can. You have to take what you can get. Man, I, I mean, and I understand it as a coach who's trying to win football games. And you know, let let's give let's give Kyle Winningham the benefit of the doubt, thinking that he would. You don't want to just give up on a guy when they're twenty years old. Um, so I see. I understand that. As a coach, you believe that you can you can help save or fix players. You know, and I'm I just don't know how I feel about Whittingham in the first place. Um, I can't I can't tell by watching him if he's a no BS kind of a person or if he is a bend the rules type of a person. You know, I think in the culture where he lives, you know, in in Utah and some of the things that he has to deal with, with guys taking their missions. So you recruit them two years later, you get them when they're 20 years old to be there for 14 years. I don't think you can hide your nasty colors for that long. If you have them. Fair enough. 
I mean, it's a that's a different that's a different world in the Utah the Utah region. I mean, it's it would be so weird. I mean, could you imagine you you want a kid out of high school and then you don't get him. You you have very little contact with him for the next two years as he's out on his mission, and then he comes in looking like a man possibly married and then you got a guy who's 20 years old it's a long-term play but it could be a really good play yeah i mean bodies are more mature at that yeah. point lives and uh it just depends um i know UW recruited a kid last year that decided to go on a mission um yeah i'm spacing on his name but he's still committed he's still coming back to UW. yeah i just done what uh what kind of shape are you in when you come back? Do you stay in shape? And that completely depends on the kid. Yeah. Uh, how disciplined are they? How committed are they to the program and to the process? And, and uh, you know, what's it going to be like when he gets there? Right. Yep. So one thing that Utah always has is linemen. Yeah. Their offensive line, four returners. They should be good. Their defensive line has been good since 1938. Yeah. So we don't have to – that's when Kyle Whittingham took over, right? Uh, I think so, yeah, yeah. Or was it after World War II? Uh, <laughs> I don't – quote me on the year. I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow, they, they've – I mean, you can go back. It seems like they always have a low two lele on their, on their defensive line. <laughs> so they're going to be good. Um, they lose their two top tacklers, uh, but they bring back Chase Hansen with 51 tackles. Uh, they have him listed as the Rover, which is probably the coolest position in football and in basketball. I've, I've played basketball for years. I've never, what is a Rover? Uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, semi-pro when, uh, I'm just gonna... Will Ferrell goes Rover. I'm just going to go, man. Yeah. Uh, and then, so they bring back. Bradley Anay, a left end who had seven sacks, and then Julian Blackman, the right corner, had four picks. Yeah, sixteen. I had to get really specific. I've been rounding up and down, but for Utah, I decided to give you the precise number. Twenty sixteen, they were twenty three point nine points a game. Twenty seventeen, they were twenty twenty three point two. So my guess is 2018, they're going to be 23.5. Fair. Um, I know that last year they led the Pac-12 South and, you know, a uh, fewest points allowed and, um, and yards. Uh, I think the guy for them is Julian Blackman, man. Second team Pac-12. Um I think he's probably going to be a first-teamer this year, barring that both the UW guys don't get it, because I think both of those guys are probably better. He's on the Pac-12 second team again. I think that Jordan Miller and Byron Murphy are going to be redonkulous. Uh, I do, too. I just – are they both going to stay healthy? Huh. It is, is it, you know, if both of them stay healthy, both of them win first team. Right. Uh, um. If one of them doesn't, then I think Blackman is the guy to take over that first-team spot. I think he's really good. And they're also bringing in a four-star corner, um, Jalen Johnson. And he's supposed to be just as good as Blackman is in a couple of years. Okay. Very nice. 
Okay, so we are ready to make our picks. I am going to write down your list. I'm going to keep my list, and whoever has the closest list is going to courtesy courtesy of the other team, other person. So, oh, wait, 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 wait. And, and what's the speculation on this? Does it have to be a college jersey? Yes. Okay. Does it need to be the team that they picked to win the South rankings? I think so. I think that would be fun. That would be cool. Okay, I'm in. Perfect. Do we want to start from the bottom and go up? We are going to start from the bottom and go up. Okay, you go first. The number six team in the Pac-12 South is going to be Colorado. (laughs) Boom. And that's the end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) The Buffs are losing, and next year's head coach... Urban Meyer will revamp Boulder. Oh, oh my. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Maybe. Don't. Don't go there. Maybe. I I can't hate the guy anymore. Who? Urban Meyer. If he comes to Colorado, there's no more hate left for him. I already hate him enough. <laughs> okay, my number uh, 15, UCLA. Whoa. Okay, uh, my number five team, Arizona State. Why? Herm Edwards. No, Jake, you forgot. He plays to win the game. Yeah, well, did they win that game? It was before there was TV. I don't know. He hasn't coached in a long time. <laughs> You're talking about pre-World War One coaches. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just don't think that – I don't think that Chip Kelly – has enough time to get those guys bought into his program. But you think, but you think Herm Edwards does. I think that Arizona state showed flashes of being better last year where Utah, uh, UCLA, I didn't UCLA looked like a bunch of players that they looked dejected. Um, they looked really frustrated. That might mean they come in and they're, they they're they're looking to revamp their careers, but it looked like a lot of broken people on that on the other, especially on that defensive side last year. Well, we're just gonna have to wait to see, aren't we? I guess we're gonna have to agree to disagree. Fair enough. Okay, my number four team is the Arizona State Sun Devils, and I'm going with Utah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I just don't have any faith in Winningham and uh, unfortunately I just I, I don't see them doing that great this year I think USC is better and in a couple other teams over the years especially once Utah got better once they were able to have a couple of recruiting classes of Pac-12 players it seems like there's there's always a game or two that they lose that they shouldn't. Absolutely. They lost uh, in their 10-3 and three season. They lose to UCLA at home 9-17. to 17. Uh, That was back in 2015. 2016, they go 9-4 and four and lose a nail-biter to Colorado, who was good, but they also lost to Cal with that defensive line and, and what Jared Goff had to deal with, you'd expect them to win that game. And they didn't. And then last year was such a bummer. I mean, 
I'm glad that they, they puked all over themselves against Washington. But they were a Troy Williams QB sneak away from going into another overtime with SC. I mean, that, those are big games. Are, are, are we in agreement that the Pac-12 North is what they are and we are pretty confident and, and we both agreed on one through six. Do we agree that the Pac-12 North is just better than the Pac-12 South? Had, I mean, you could line up my correct lineup against the North and I, I would have a, I would say that the North could win. The, the best team in the North will beat the best team in the South. The best, the second best will beat the second best all the way down the line. Except for maybe Oregon State. I mean, we'll see. Maybe. That's that's your one that you're kind of nervous about, but do you see a yeah, Cal or an Oregon losing to Arizona State or Colorado or no. UCLA? No, I see I see Cal beating all three of those teams. Yeah. Which is why I have Utah so low, because I think Utah will lose to all of the every North team that they played this year. Maybe not. Maybe they won't. Um, but I think that the North is just hands down better than the South. It is. I mean, your 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 group, the your your rankings are wrong. So, like, you would have Washington State around Utah, uh, and I think Utah will beat Washington State. But yours is wrong, and when I get my jersey, you'll understand. <laughs> hey, remember, we only bet on the winner, buddy. Uh, oh, two through six does not matter. No, we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about this off air because I think it should be the closest. And I'll make some super cool number point system. It'll be super fun. Anyhow. The Jimmy Johnson system on college. Exactly. So your number three team is? UCLA. Oh, my gosh. You have drank the chip juice. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, man. Dude, that powder blue just coursing through your veins. It's that cotton candy Kool-Aid. Their uniforms are terrible. Uh, Yeah. They should be purple and gold. I'd like them better. <laughs> There's only one purple and gold. So why do you think that the Chipsters are going to be in the top half of the Pac-12 South? Uh, I said it earlier. I think that he can take any talent that he has on his team and he can make them better. And he can coach to um, his talents. Uh, he, took, he took a program in Oregon. That wasn't he. Oregon was getting the same type of recruits as Tennessee, but Oregon was in the national championship, and Tennessee was unranked because of the way that Chip Kelly coached his guys up. Um, like I said, a lot of people think that he's a scheme guy. I think he is a talent assessment guy. I think that he sees what he has in his guys, and he coaches to their talents and he makes them better at those talents. That's why I think UCLA is going to be better because UCLA notoriously brings in really good recruits and really talented high school football players that are projected to be NFL players. And I think he can coach them up to be really good football players. And just that's it. I, I, I believe that Chip Kelly is that good of a coach. I really do. Well, we can look back at this in 2020 when I say that UCLA is going to win the South. 
and I will be right. Now, I with think that he will eventually be the powerhouse in the South. With that being said, as much as I like Chip Kelly, I like Coach Peterson more. Coach Peterson has proven that he can do that, and he's he already, has he's done also that. beat Chip. Yes, but then Legarrette Blunt beat. Yes. Whatever his name was. Oh gosh, yeah, you're right. I can't remember his name. Well, I was one just of them's in the NFL. The I don't day. know what happened to the other guy. He got knocked out. Yeah. Okay, so my number three team is Tennessee. Okay. Um, I know they're talented because of JT Daniels. Because of JT Daniels, I think that. I, I would find it hard for a kid who is closer to just getting his driver's license than being able to buy alcohol, running a major program. I see problems. Um, he might be a really mature kid. That's still, that's all. He's going to be lining up against, uh, against 22 year old guys. Yeah. Just because you're mature doesn't mean that your body is, Exactly. Grown into itself and that you are physically ready to play college football. Right. As a quarterback, not, you know. Yeah, making all the – making – being the the centerpiece of a of a national brand, that's that's scary to me. Also, they, they do recruit a lot of talented guys. Um, one thing I, I noticed and then I heard on another podcast is when – Washington guys get drafted. They talk about how polished and how good they are. And a lot of guys that have been coming out from the USC program, it's all about their potential. So I don't know how much they're being developed, and that could come back to bite them when all these other teams are not necessarily well-coached, but it's just such a cluster at the top of the South. Sure, sure. So that's probably my most uncomfortable pick. I also put them down there. It's the reason when I play fantasy basketball, I never drafted Kobe Bryant. I just don't like him. I, I, I think USC is the Yankees of the Pac-12. Yeah. I think everybody feels that way unless you're a USC fan. <laughs> yeah, and then you embrace it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, what is your number two team? USC. Fight on. No. <laughs> so, what's the difference between two and three? Why do you think they're going to be number two? Uh, JT Daniels. You think he's going to be pretty good? No, I don't think he's going to be pretty good. I think he's going to be just good enough that that team can carry them to a second-place finish in the Pac-12. Ah. South. Pac-12 South. Okay, they, so they, that – oh, go ahead. They could finish fourth in the Pac-12. They could finish fifth, I, I, just second in the Pac-12 South. They could finish first. They could finish first. Yeah, I think they're the biggest wild card. They have the highest ceiling and the lowest floor of the Pac-12 South. Yeah, they have they have the best players. Yeah, and I so that's why I put them right in the middle. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. So that means that your champion is the did you say who your hey did you say who your number two was oh i'm sorry i did not mine is the arizona wildcats there you go khalil tate khalil tate is if i had a 
I, I had a, a crisis of faith with Utah, Arizona, and SC. Those three teams I, I thought were the three best in the Pac-12 South. And I really had to think about a lot of different things in ranking the three. And the biggest reason why I decided to have Arizona finish second is after listening, I was still thinking about it during the podcast. I knew after you were talking about Arizona that you were going to pick them first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could kind of hear in my voice, the, the love, the love affection that I have for Khalil Tate and and that that team in general. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's, you know, um, I just feel like Khalil Tate is so good in college football and he is always going to be the best player on the field. And I think that goes a long way in college football. They do get Arizona. uh, They get Oregon state. That's a big deal. And they get Washington state. That means they miss us. They do have Oregon. I think they, that's a win. Yeah, so they they got the good draw. I'm I'm blanking on who they they miss Stanford. Well, they only miss us for so long. But I'm talking for this year. They miss Stanford and Washington. That's no, a I know. Huge that's team. what I'm saying. This year they only miss us for so long. Right. In in my in my eyes, they they only miss us until the Pac-12 championship game. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that was clever. You like that? Mm, enough. <laughs> I'll leave it in. There you go. Which means that Arizona also is your favorite to win the Pac-12 South. That is a really good point. However, I, of course, process of elimination, I have the Utes finally breaking through in kind of a funny way. I still think they lose some games that they should win, but – I think that their big wins are at home against Arizona and at home against USC. I think that's a big deal. I think that you could find a, a scenario where Utah, Arizona, and South, uh, Southern California all have about the same record, but I think Utah is going to end up holding that tie break. Tie break. Sure. Uh, and, and that's, very, very possible. Um, a lot like what we talked about last week, um, the deciding factor between Oregon and Cal being the Oregon and Cal winner of yeah. that game, I think very possibly could be the Arizona-Utah game. Well, I think it's like a round robin. I think it's. I think you have to throw SC in there. And Absolutely. Arizona, USC has to go to the desert. And they have to go to Rice Eccles. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. And they go to. So hey, the, the, uh, he will, JT Daniels, if he is the starter, will have some experience. They go to Arizona. Um, the one, two, three, four, fifth week in the season. And then they go to. Utah on October 20th. Or, or do we agree that there's no way that USC with JT Daniels can score to, to keep up with Arizona? I don't, but I can see a situation where if USC's defensive line 
is able to make some noise in the backfield, um, you can you can sort of limit Khalil Tate. Remember that last year, Oregon had it had its way with Arizona. Yeah, and Oregon's defense was not great. Yeah, pressure pressure that quarterback. Yeah, that's where I see Utah or SC giving Arizona trouble. But if they're not disciplined, Khalil Tate will have a million yards. Yeah. It's – I mean, this is our first year doing the podcast, but I always think about where I think teams are going to uh, finish. And I, I can't remember a year where it's been this wide open. Sure, yeah. I it's mean, crazy. I mean, just look at – just look at our – the difference in our rankings. I mean, I, I – we, you think a coach of Arizona State's going to propel them to a couple more wins, and I think the coach of UCLA is going to propel them to a couple more wins. If there's what three new coaches in the Pac-12 South, right? Um, we don't know how they translate in the Pac-12 at all. Well, we know Chip Kelly does, but we don't know how Kevin Sumlin does, and we don't know how Herm Edwards does. Uh, we don't know how Herm Edwards translates to college football. Yeah. Um, so. This year for the Pac-12, it is such a crapshoot. Nobody, I, the the expert of experts don't know. Um, it's just not as cut and dry as the North. Do you see a, a a scenario? Well, let me give give me your odds. The Pac-12 South winner beating the Pac-12 North winner. Oh, that. Uh, 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 I mean, like a number odds. Yeah, I'd say about thirty. I was gonna uh, say, I, I was gonna say twenty to one. Tw- oh gosh, that's a lot. I, mean, I was gonna say thirty percent chance. Well, twenty to one odds is not a very good. I mean, I'm giving the North the benefit of the doubt, or you know, the, right. the, the good end of that. I, right, I think Sam Darnold's not gonna come and beat Stanford. I mean that's that's basically what happened to Stanford last year is they just couldn't beat San Diego State and Sam Darnold. Yeah, I just I don't think the best South team could beat either us or Stanford, and no. either us or Stanford will be the winners of the North. Right. So I just yeah. I don't see it happening. And I'm excited. I, I'm really – I'm everybody's excited for the September 1st game in Atlanta. But that September 15th game at Rice-Eccles, man, that could be that could be huge. Utah, and Utah's tough to play in, man. They, oh, yeah, that's a, that stadium is full. I'm looking at the last year's capacity. They were at 100.2%. Yeah. So that well, means the fire marshal was probably just watching the game instead of counting heads, right? And Yeah. And everything that I've heard about Utah is that there is a stigma about BYU and they don't want to be associated with BYU the way that they hold themselves. So they get extra crazy and they get extra loud and extra fanboy and they get rowdy. Yeah. So they want to break that Utah stigma and they do everything in their, in their might to do that. Yeah, that Holy War is a really good rivalry. Utah's dominated it as of late and will continue to do so. 
they play BYU on November 24th, the last game of, uh, of the regular season, as they prepare to play the Washington Huskies and as I get my Utah jersey. <laughs> you, want, you want me to put Winningham on the back for you? No, I want um, – you're getting me a Huntley jersey just because <laughs> – the Troy Williams are probably already sold out. I can't wait to get my Khalil Tate jersey. That's gonna be cool. I'm gonna get you one of their ugly ones. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna make you get me a jersey that says "Bear Down." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, some some news from uh, Washington's camp. Um, it looks like the kid from Marysville Pilchuck. Help me out here. Uh, Austin Joyner. Austin Joyner's been seeing some time at the other safety position. Oh, really? Yeah. So we'll see what that means. Over I who? Mean, JoJo? No. The trans, the the JUCO transfer that's now in the league. I don't know. The one guy who was – dang it, Jake. <laughs> well, aren't our safeties JoJo? Ezekiel Turner. Oh, okay. So you're gonna probably see him in that in that specialized role of just guy that hits people and sometimes a little too late. I'd love it. Oh man, I I think he's gonna be good in that spot. I think I I think that guy is a playmaker, man. Yeah, I think that's gonna be really cool. So that opens up a spot at um, corner as as a as probably your slot corner. Your incumbent would be. Miles Bryant, good tackler, suspect when it comes to having to cover anybody of size being only, I think he's five five seven. Man, he got torched at Stanford. Yeah, he did. It yeah. sucks for Miles Bryant because that's all I'm going to remember him for. And, and it is sad because he's a really good tackler. Um, he is. So he's. It's. It sounds like there's a there's a pretty good competition between him and Elijah Molden. Elijah Molden in the spring practice won the the hands award for the most interceptions. I'd almost like to see Molden win that job. I think he will. I know that when he was recruited, Chris Peterson did a lot of talking about him without having the name brought up. So that name was really high on his list. So that's, that's a good thing. Uh, there's another guy in the, another newcomer who I guess is, is really showing out and getting a lot of reps in that second team. Is it Julius Irvin? I believe uh, has been okay. a good year, man. We are, we are just Dominic Hampton as well. Such a plethora of riches at that spot. I mean, it's just it's it's we're at a really fun time for as UW fans watching that defense. It's yeah. it, it's special to see the talent that they're pushing through the system. Uh, you know, you, you watched Marcus Peters and King, you know, and all those guys, and you thought, wow, those guys are really good. And then you get Byron Murphy, and you get. You know, guys, guys now, uh, Austin Joyner, uh, these guys are better. It's crazy. It's crazy. The, yeah, the, and there's guys leaving the program transferring out because they're not getting snaps who are, who are high four-star guys. The one that kind of sticks on my mind was Kentrell Love. We were in a big recruiting battle with Michigan for him, and he couldn't, he couldn't find the field, dude. Yeah. 
crazy. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, it's a great, great thing to be a part of. It's, and it's going to be like this for a long, long time. It is. Well, with that, I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, anything else you want to say? No, I think we covered everything. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't not wait to get, are you going to go to Arizona to get my Jersey? Shut up. <laughs> I'm good, man. All right. Well, this is fourth industry podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks.